Light and life. Hello, it's Chris for the Selvos. My little boy was watching the DVD Angry Birds on TV. I was in the kitchen at the time. And I heard one of the birds call out, Have you ever stolen anyone's children? And I went in there to see what was going on. And my eight-year-old tells me that in the animation, the pigs stole the birds' eggs. Immediately, I thought of the stolen generation. Lucy is with Salvo's Indigenous Ministries, and as an Aboriginal woman, she shares what Australia Day means to her. Well, it's like, I mean, it's just, you know, where I am now in country, on Butchler country, which is in Harvey Bay, the place where um, my grandfather escaped to, him and his brother, when they were taken um, off country from a place called Warra, um, and put in Sherberg, and they escaped to here. And we always come here at the end of the year, and it's so we see the New Year's in here, to begin our year, um, just to ground ourselves for what's about to come. And the first cab off the rank is always um, Invasion Day. And it's not so much of what we do as Aboriginal people on Invasion Day, it's what the rest of the country does that is more, um, I guess, more hurtful and more um, in your face because it's something that we can't escape. So... Um, Usually, you know, it's just a quiet day at home. It's um, but when you got kids, it's teaching kids about our babies about what the true meaning of Invasion Day is. Yeah. Um, but then you can't turn the TV on because everyone else in the country is celebrating, um, you know, uh, Australia Day, and it's made to seem like it's a celebration of, you know, the first um, fleet and and you know, the first and the Federation, but it's 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 really conflicting because for one part of history it is, you know, a celebration of discovery, but at the at the sacrifice of a whole people. Um and I think that's the hardest thing is preparing yourself. I think it's harder and harder each year because the more in my mission and my ministry what I do is truth telling. But every year it's getting harder and harder because the more of my non-Indigenous brothers and sisters I'm yarning with and talking about truth-telling, um, it's like um, mainstream media um, struggles to come to that recognition of there is another part of history. And that's not just my history. No. It's all of our histories. And that's I right. Think once that comes to light and once that comes to an understanding of our shared history... I think um, things could change, but I also think that a lot of Australia as well um, are at that stage in in their lives and have a general understanding of our shared history. Um, but it's 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 I, I think that a lot of um, the confliction and um, disagreement comes from social media and comes from that platform of you know um, with social media like with Facebook. Um, people are allowed to say what they need, what what they would never ever truly say in front of someone else's face. Yeah. Um, and so that creates, you know, the hatred. I have Facebook right now, but I'm everyone knows that I activate and deactivate. And one of those reasons is because I can't stand the racism that it, it brings out. The it brings out some really ugly stuff, and not just towards Aboriginal people, but towards you know um, people of Muslim descent. Africans, it just makes a platform for anyone to say whatever they need to say, and that creates great hatred and um, negativity. Yeah, yeah.
I wanted to go back and explore what you said about your grandparents. How far back have you traced with your family? Um, we've gone back to um, uh, when my great-grandmother um, was living on country in Wara. So that would have been um, early, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and Wara is 40 minutes outside of Dolby in the Darling Downsy region, so kind of Toowoomba region. Um, and it's a little, little town. And, uh, yeah, we have the story. We, we know the story of her sitting there with her children and um, authorities coming and grabbing her kids, all six of them, and then being taken to Sher- Sherberg, which is called Baramba Mission, which was ran by the Salvation Army. Yeah. Um, and um, then our great-grandmother was taken from Sherberg to work back in the Darling Downs region. And unfortunately didn't get to see her children again, not until uh, later on in life with my grandfather. The three brothers escaped um, and led uh, down here to Harvey Bay. They were underneath the Aboriginal Protection Act, so anyone who was deemed as a um, half-caste, quarter-caste, um, would be taken um, from their parents and put in a reservation or a mission settlement. Um, and the point of that was to um, assimilate, to assimilate Aboriginal people um, and basically to teach them a what they would call white ways and trying to assimilate their Aboriginal identity and culture. So they weren't allowed to practice culture, they weren't allowed to speak language, they weren't allowed to practice their ceremony, um, their beliefs, um, their own forms of Christianity, which were very similar to the white man's Christianity as well. Um, and they would teach them um, things like domestic duties and um, um, and train them up so then they could sell them off out to um, non-Indigenous businesses and communities. Um, so that would make them more assimilated into, you know, what was deemed as normal in that society back then. Yeah. Um, so my, grand, my grandfather and his two brothers um, were fortunate enough, and because of their own cultural knowledge, were fortunate enough to... Um, um, take off of um, Baramba Mission and track their way and ended up here at Harvey Bay. But my three grandmothers weren't fortunate enough and um, they were raised in the dormitory and raised on the mission and that's where their families, my family, is still today. You're kidding. In a place in Sherberg. I think they um, pulled the mission down in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. But there's still a number of Aboriginal people that still live there. Sherberg is around two and a half thousand population, um, but it was classed as a, like a dumping ground around South, uh, around Darling Downs in southern Queensland. So even people as as um, from Brisbane were literally taken, picked up and taken and to um, Baramba Mission. And then when the mission, uh, when they um, uh, um, got rid of the Protection Act, um, especially under Queensland state government, um, they basically said to Aboriginal people, well, you can go back to your country. And, of course, when you've been living, you know, 50-plus um, years under a system and, you know, obviously generation after generation, more of the culture is being lost and lost and lost, and then you're told, well, now you can be Aboriginal again. Yeah. You know, there's massive trauma and loss of identity that happens, hence why um, Invasion Day is, um, you know, is not something, you know, the, the mark of Captain Cook and the Federation may have seen a new Australia for one group of people, but it saw the genocide of another group of people that is still 
you know, a part of one of the, you know, we we're, we're still below the poverty line and we're still faced with, you know, some of the worst statistics, health statistics in the world yeah. and incarceration. So that's why Invasion Day is, um, you know, it, and I, I guess I always say if, if the living effect of Invasion Day was different, so if, if it was like New Zealand where there's a, uh, there's Watangi and there was a treaty and there's some kind of agreement, you know, put in place, if it was like that, then there could be a conversation about, well, let's celebrate together. But the fact of the matter is there isn't anything. There's been no agreement making. There's been no treaty. There's been no truth-telling. So, you know, people who are in their 30s to their to the 50s will say they didn't learn anything about Aboriginal people or about stolen generations. You can ask general Australians, do you know what Kevin Rudd apologised for? And they will just say to Aboriginal people. But they apolog- he apologised for the stolen generation, which was a generation of kids like my grandfather who were taken off country and told they couldn't speak their language and told that they, you know, couldn't associate with Aboriginal people outside of the mission and stuff like that. The laws that were in place, especially in Queensland, um, were, you know, massive breaches of human rights. And um, and today, a lot of us still feel the effect of that. We're talking to Lucy from Selvo's Indigenous Ministries about what Australia Day means to her and the First Nation people. Do you see that Within society, it is very slowly beginning to change. Um, I think, in some ways, it is; in some ways, it isn't. Um, I think, um, I think we're in an interesting time. Like, I think when you know um, things like um, the same-sex marriage um, discussion came up, I think there was really good arguments on both sides, but there was a audience for those kind of discussions. And I think that's where you have to start. I think Australians um, um, are yearning for truth-telling because you can't turn away from truth-telling. You know, the facts are the facts. And the fact of, the, of this country is that those that truth-telling um, hasn't been um, in Australian society for a long time. And I think the more that we are doing that and the more that we're, we acknowledge it as a country, then I um, think that we can move forward. I mean, I'm, I, I like to think, especially with all the conversations around the Uluru Statement from the Heart about, uh, you know, with having Indigenous politicians now um, and, you know, so many Indigenous leaders within our own communities, I think Australia's ready for a, a higher conversation around truth-telling and treaty. Yeah. Um, and and you know, um, but it's it, it all falls back to what government is 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 in power on 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 the day, um, and I, and that's and that's um, can be really tiring. I mean, Aboriginal people, we try and you know we 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 always say there's a reason why you know there's a saying that Aboriginal culture and people um, are the longest living culture in the world. And people say it's because of our artefacts and our seasonal knowledge and, you know, the way that we uh, look after the land and sea. But it's also our governance, our governance structure within um, our family systems, within our family kinship, our boundaries of clanship. You know, I always think if, if those um, white fellas took note of how we've survived or, you know, um, our um, governance, um, then maybe we wouldn't be changing prime ministers <laughs> so, yeah. so 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 often. Um, because for us, if there's business that's happening, whether it's men's business, women's business, or family conflict, it's settled. 
it's discussed, it's yarned out, we're yarning people, and then there's a closure, there's a there's there's a ceremony that that clears that off, and then you move on. Um, but you know, um, non I think in our government, um, you know, there's that consistent, um, I don't know, there's a consistent um, disagreement of of general moral um, um, people's moral compass, which is you know, quite disturbing when you've got so many disadvantages in Australia right now. So we live in a wealthy country, but the wealth is also um, being taken from the economic development of Aboriginal people. Um, you know, so the coal, the mining, the gas, um, and none of that has been negotiated with Aboriginal people. Um, you know, it's just being sold off. You know, I, I, I always say that, you know, we live off our inheritance, you know, um, and and that becomes really tiring for Aboriginal people, yeah. um, and it, it and that's another reason why in, um, we call it Invasion Day because you know we would never you know uh, Aboriginal people believe that you know you look after the land and the sea and it looks after you, um, and for us with all the crazy weather that happens, we always say you can't take that much natural gas from the earth and think that. It's not going to have an effect. Yeah, that's right. You know? And you can't put natural gas back into the earth. There's a reason why there's natural gas in the earth. And you, when you start cutting off natural springs underwater and stuff like that, then Mother Earth, you know, starts to suffer. That's um, right. And, and, you know, just general conversations around climate change is stuff that Aboriginal people have had for years. That's why we, you know, one of the best seasonal um, 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 kinship system in the world, um, you know, because we that mother earth was our um creation and therefore it's up to us as the custodians to look after it and it blows us away when we when we hear these conversations about what climate change doesn't exist and we're like well you know that's why we that's why we knew what to use and what to take each season anyway i'm going way off track so get me back on track no it's all very very interesting Can I say that one thing that broke my heart, I was reading the history of Morty Alec, where I'm living at the moment, and it talked about the uh, the Aboriginal people then and that the white man came and gave them alcohol mm. and just destroyed them. Mm. And it just broke my heart. Mm. Mm. It's funny because here, like in Australia, they had the Protection Act and, and um, people thought that it was protection... Um, you know, for us, it's a really, it's a massive, significant, traumatic time in history. And the Protection Act, we thought, was to protect Aboriginal people. Um, and, and the actual definition of the Protection Act was to protect Aboriginal people against white people, um, which is really, really sad. Um, so meaning it protects them against um, the, the, the um, bribery of alcohol, of tobacco. But, you know, they say one of the, the biggest diseases that killed many Aboriginal people was syphilis, which was caused from, you know, white men taking advantage of young Aboriginal women. Yeah. Um, and and for me, that's just, you can't escape from stuff like that. That's just a complete, um, um, yeah, it's just, it's just horrible. And it's like, so how do we move forward from that? How do we acknowledge that and acknowledge that that genocide occurred? Um, and then how do we, let a whole nation heal because I'm sure if it happened to my, I always say if it happened to my ancestors, if it happened to your ancestors too. So there's a lot of healing that needs to be done as a country. Um, 
But again, it comes from truth-telling. Yes. It has to come from truth-telling. And whether it makes us feel good, bad, or or whatever, um, in any relationship, that's why reconciliation is important, but it's also Australia skips a massive step in reconciliation. You know, we're one of the few countries under the United Nations that doesn't have a, have a truth-telling commission. Um, and usually in countries like, for example, in Canada, they have a truth-telling commission, and then they go to reconciliation. But we've gone from reconciliation to truth-telling, which has actually, I think, caused a lot more damage than, you know, because it's hard to reconcile a relationship if you don't understand what the relationship is. So, you know, um, so you know, we're having this, this, we're doing this reconciliation, but we're not people, especially, you know, Aboriginal, at both both sides, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people don't actually understand what it is that we have to reconcile about. So it's not just about, um, um, you know, we're forming a relationship to begin a reconciliation process, which what we have to do is discuss the relationship, discuss the truth-telling, the good, bad and the ugly, and then move into reconciliation. And I think that plays a major part um, in why, and, and people not understanding what how Invasion Day makes our First Nations people feel. And I always use that word, our First Nations people, because if you're an Australian, then I belong to you as much as you belong to me. Um, so our history has to be spoken about together, whether, you know, and we have to heal and cry and laugh and we'll do all those things together. And yeah. then we can move to reconciliation. Do you know, I think Australia will get to that point. I do too. I really feel it. I do too. And I see it. And yep. I think that's, that's going to be a real uh, relief. And I've, I've always felt that it'll come from our churches. I always felt that it'll come from God um, driving um, and, and showing us how we are to be with each other as Christian people and how we are to worship together. Um, and I think, um, um, I think our churches, our ministries can play a major role in trying to understand the truth-telling about it, yeah. um, which is what, you know, one part of the, my um, position that I absolutely love is that I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm doing the 12 stages of the cross because I'm going through, forever walking through, you know, what happened, going through timelines, and, you know, there's this bit of doubt, like people doubted whether or not Jesus would come back and who Jesus was, um, and there's this doubt in Australia and it's probably around 75% that, you know, go, well, did this really happen? And, you know, did, did the stolen generation occur? Did that really happen that people, you know, Aboriginal people died of syphilis? How could that occur? So there's this doubt, just like people doubted Jesus. And then I believe that once they sit down and yarn with Aboriginal people and we do the learning together, then there's that godly moment where they go, oh, dear, this is true. Yeah. So then how do we move forward? We don't go into fixing it. We go into how do we gain closure? How do we move forward? And through shared prayer, you know, I really strongly believe that we can do that, but I really strongly believe that it, it should, it will come from our churches and ministries. Yeah, yeah. That's Lucy Davis from Selvo's Indigenous Ministries. And look out for more of her story in the Australia Day issue of War Cry. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.